we find ourselves kind of in the middle of a series that we've called Rooted. It started when uh, we had a, the wall hanging there was donated to the church. That, uh, that wall hanging is going to be in the conference room most of the time. We went ahead and brought it in here um, just during this series because the, the wall hanging got me thinking about trees in the Bible and how the, uh, what those trees represent and and uh, kind of what we can learn from them. And so we've been looking at various trees in Scripture. And this morning, I want us to look at the two trees in the Sermon on the Mount. If you have your copy of Scripture with you, we are in Matthew chapter 7. And uh, if you follow along in the Bible app, be sure you look in the menu and find events. When you click on events, It'll pop up the, uh, the message for this morning. You'll be able to follow along the outline and included scriptures and things like that. But we are in uh, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. And I want us to begin at verse 15 as we consider the two trees. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. The two trees. There's a good tree that bears good fruit, and there's a diseased tree, or we might say a bad tree, that is going to bear bad fruit if it bears any fruit at all. And as we look at the two trees, the first thing that I want us to notice is that at first, the two trees look the same. You can't tell if the tree is a good tree or a bad tree, if it's diseased or not. At first, they look the same. If we, if we uh, read again in verse 15, we're reminded of what the two trees really are talking about. In verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And it's strange that he's talking about um, wolves in sheep's clothing. On the outside, they look like sheep, but on the inside, they're really ravenous wolves. And then the very next verse, he says, you'll recognize them by their fruits. And the reason that sounds strange to us is that we learned in freshman English that you're not supposed to mix metaphors. Understand that that's a cultural thing that... that that fits in, in our language, but in Jesus' time, mixing metaphors was no big deal at all. Matter of fact, Paul was the king of the mixed metaphors. You go look at some of Paul's letters, and if you can get through the run-on sentences, you'll notice a lot of mixed metaphors. That kind of grammar stuff is, is just a, a cultural thing that, dealt, that, that is different in language and time and culture. So don't get hung up on that, but remember that, that the trees are really talking about the false prophets who look like they're the right prophets. These are 
wolves in sheep's clothing. When you look at them, they look like other sheep. They talk like other sheep. They dress like other sheep. They, they present themselves like the sheep. But inside, they're actually ravenous wolves. The inside doesn't match the outside. The wolf pretends to be one of us so that he can actually destroy us, control us, hurt us. I remember years ago watching a news show in which they were describing the, the Branch Davidians. And as they talked to some of the folks that were caught up in that, it was interesting, I noticed that the, the people on this particular interview in this particular program said that the Davidians didn't talk about beliefs at first. They just loved us. And it, that caught my attention because the wolf in sheep's clothing is going to, we're not going to talk about belief first. We're going to be sheep together. We're going we're to welcome you. We're going to look like you. We're going to talk like you. We want you to be a part of us. We love you. We love you. We love you. And then once you're in the flock, then we'll get around to the beliefs. A wolf in sheep's clothing. You see, at first the two trees look the same. So preachers, authors, teachers may be attractive because of their feel-good message or their charisma or their humor or their good looks or their hair. But all of that stuff is only fleece deep. That's not who they really are. How do you know who they really are? Well, Jesus explains that to us in the next few verses. First, the two trees look the same. And the second thing that we learn from Jesus' teaching is that the two trees bear different fruit. At first, from a distance, they look the same. They sound the same. They're using the right language. But upon closer examination, we notice that the fruit is different. What is the fruit? The fruit is the result. It's the, the product. You look at the result of the teacher's teaching, the minister's uh, uh, ministry. You look at the, at, at the author's life, what is, what's being produced. And it is looking at those fruit that you finally realize there's a difference in these people. You see in verse 16, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? If they have good fruit, good pro a product of what, they, uh, of, of what they're presenting, if, if there's a, a, an outward uh, uh, growth that is healthy, it's a good fruit, then you can count on that what's in the inside is healthy and good as well. But if the result of what they're teaching, if, if, if uh, the, the, the outward uh, product is not in line with Scripture, then what that tells you is that the inward person is not in line with Scripture either. And that's a problem. You may remember me telling stories about our, um, the, our first church. We lived in a parsonage 
It's a very small church, very small community in a different county. And uh, we lived in a parsonage. The parsonage was a, a, a nice home that we appreciated greatly. We were, we were very grateful for it, but so were the mice that lived there. And we were constantly trying to deal with these mice. And so we were regularly buying mouse traps and things like that. And one time I decided that I was going to set that mouse trap that evening. I went to the refrigerator to get some cheese. And we didn't have any cheese. And I thought, well, what am I going to use to get this mouse? And so I finally figured out what to do. And I went to one of Lisa's cooking magazines and I cut out a picture of cheese. <laughs> and I put that picture of cheese on the mousetrap. And we put that mousetrap out there. And somewhere in the middle of the night, sure enough. And I went over there to look at that mousetrap. And sure enough, right there was a picture of a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you. you <laughs> A picture of cheese could only attract a picture of a mouse. Good fruit can only come from a good tree. Bad fruit is going to come from a bad tree. What's really happening within is what is going to be demonstrated in what happens, in the result, in the experience, in the, in, in the product. Continue in verse 17. He says, So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. What they produce demonstrates what's on the inside. What grows out of a person's ministry shows what is going on in his heart. You ever seen blue celery? I remember as a kid, we used to take celery and put it in water that had been with food coloring in it, you know? And over time, you could watch that, you could watch that celery turn blue if, the, if that's what was the, the food coloring. Uh, later, I, I found out that little white flowers work even better. You can put little white flowers in different colored water, and overnight, that flower will take on the color of that water. And... As I, as I thought about how that worked, I, I realized that the, the outward color is going to be determined by what's happening on the inside. That little flower is absorbing the color around it, and then it's going to show that on the outside. At first, those two trees look an awful lot alike. How can we tell the difference between a godly teacher, preacher, author, and one who's out to sell a book? or one who's out to get more TV time, one who's out to control, or one who's out to confuse. They look the same, talk the same, dress the same. How do we tell? We look at the fruit. What is, what's being produced? What's happening as a result of who they are? You see in verse 19, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Why? Because a sorry tree that's not going to give good fruit is useless. It's worthless. 
it's really not any, any better than just firewood is all it's good for. You know, when they, when they find counterfeit money, what they do with the counterfeit money is they burn it, get rid of it, so that it, it, it's, it's destroyed because it's worthless, but it's also destroyed so that it cannot continue to confuse people. And so Jesus says the tree that bears bad fruit, in other words, the false prophet, the teacher, preacher, author, who's not presenting the truth of God's word is not worth anything but firewood. Just burn it up, it's worthless, and get rid of it. At first, the two trees look the same, but the two trees bear different fruit. And so we come to the third thing that we learn from the text, and that is that it's important to us to check the fruit to see which tree is good. That's up to us to check the fruit to see which tree is good. In verse 20, we conclude that paragraph, and it says, Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Carefully examine what a person is teaching before you decide to believe it. Did you hear that? Don't believe everything John says just because John is so brilliant and good looking. You check what the teacher is saying. Examine it carefully before you decide to believe it. So how do we examine it? How do we check it? Well, let me show you. It starts here. Examine the scriptures. That's where it starts. Examine the scriptures. The American Banking Association once sponsored a two-week training program to help bank tellers detect counterfeit bills. The program was unique because never during that two-week training did the tellers ever look at a counterfeit bill, nor did they listen to any lectures concerning the characteristics of counterfeit bills. All they did for two weeks Day in, day out, all day long, for two weeks, was that they handled and examined the real thing. The idea is simple, that if you become so familiar with the real thing that a fake one stands out, then you fully know your subject. So how will you know if a teaching is not right, if if an author is, is off track just a little bit, if a preacher is leading people in the wrong way, whether he means to or not, how do we know the difference? It starts by examining the scriptures so well that we can spot a counterfeit because we know it doesn't fit that which we've already learned. So it starts with examine the scriptures and then examine the teachings. Really pay attention before you choose to believe. Listen carefully to that guy on the TV. Listen real carefully to what he's saying, not what you're feeling. Does he make you feel good? That's fine. But listen to what he's saying and pay attention to what he's teaching. Examine carefully 
the teachings that, that, that you're considering. Many, many years ago, there was a group of students at Harvard who decided that they were going to play a prank on the famous professor of zoology, uh, Louis Agassiz. They said, we're going to trick him. Here he, he's this famous zoologist. He thinks he knows everything about critters. And so what they did, and it took them a very long time, but they took parts from different bugs, and with great skill, they attached them together, and they created this new bug. It had the legs from that one, and the wings from that one, and the, 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 the body parts from that one, and the, so they, they, they put together this, this new bug, and they, they brought it to him and asked him to see if he could identify this bug. And he inspected it. He took a long time with it. The students grew more and more sure that they had tricked him. And finally, Professor Agassiz straightened up and he said, I've identified it. And they couldn't, they couldn't hardly hold back their giggles. And they said, okay, well, what is it? He said, it is a humbug. Humbug. In other words, no such thing. He recognized the fake, because he was so familiar with the real. You examine the scriptures, then you carefully examine those teachings, and then step three, examine the scriptures again. Be familiar with the scriptures so much that when people start teaching the scriptures, you either sense, yes, that fits what I understand the scriptures to say, or there's a red flag that says, that seems, that, that's counterfeit. That doesn't seem like what I understand scriptures to say. Then look very carefully at the teachings themselves. Make sure you understand what the person is trying to say. And then go back to the scriptures. Based on what I understand this, this teacher, preacher, author is saying, how does it line up to scripture? Can I find in scripture support? for what he's saying. As I thought about the importance of doing that, I was reminded of the Bereans. In Acts chapter 17, it says the brothers, and in that case, um, it's, uh, it, 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 it's a confusion in language. When they read it, they knew that it meant the brothers and sisters, the, the people uh, in, in the family of God. Uh, when it's translated, it's translated as a masculine because that's the way the word is formed. But when, the, when, when we read the brothers, this means the Christians, the church. The brothers and sisters in Christ immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They loved to hear the preaching and teaching. They received it eagerly. But then they did their homework. After they heard the preaching and teaching, they went home and examined the scriptures to say, does that guy know what he's talking about? Did that teacher present what God tells us is right? Or did she twist it here or get off track there? 
it's important for us to understand the two trees. One bears good fruit because it's the real deal. The other, over time, produces problems, produces bad fruit, confusion. And it's important for us to see ourselves as inspectors of the trees, to be the fruit inspectors. It's interesting to me that if you ask folks about one verse that they know, in scripture, people who maybe are not Christians, maybe not connected to the church. If you ask them about what verses do they know, almost everyone will come up with this verse for sure. Judge not, lest ye not be judged. Everybody seems to know that one. And that's the favorite verse of many people. You can't judge me. Judge not, judge not lest ye be judged. Did you know that verse is found in this very same chapter? Judge not, lest ye not be judged at the beginning of chapter 7. Just a very few verses later, he says, but listen, you Christians, you need to be checking the fruits. You see, that judge not is talking about a condescending condemnation of another. But that doesn't mean that we turn off our brain and we lose all discernment and we stop thinking. It doesn't mean that right is now wrong and wrong is now right. Judge not, lest you be judged, is don't play God. Don't put yourself in a condemning, condescending role. But it is your job to be discerning and to judge the fruits. Judge what someone is teaching and saying to you based on how it measures up to the standard. That's one of the reasons we have this. You and I need to get really good at using the manual so we can spot the counterfeits and build on the truth. 